There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Give it to me! Hey everyone, I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, where we are more than things. Mm. They're an invitation Mm. to catch up with friends. So get to the good stuff. Thanks for joining us. I I really like that. I I wish it was, in fact, our mission statement. You know, catching up with friends, getting to the good stuff. Some some occasional tense or uh, like... uh, pronoun changes what am i looking for it's like we're more than things there and pronoun change yeah yeah pronoun changes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know but like i wouldn't actually even put that past the real brands that might not even be us but i do i do wish they hadn't trademarked get to the goods (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a bit of a giveaway when you see the tm in the text simultaneously a trigger and a bummer because it's such a good tagline but uh in this case we're talking about the always delicious tostitos we I think it's safe to say, are the Tostitos of podcasting. We are the Tostitos of podcasting. We just come in multiple delicious incarnations. Mm, mm. We are simultaneously bite size and hint of lime with the occasional spicy pumpkin. We go with so many things. We do. And we're free with dinner sometimes. (laughs) I should have brought some up here because we can't crack Actually, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I'm gonna run out and grab some. I know I'm not like. I, want some I mean, also. when I say Tostitos, I mean Casa Sanchez. But you know, whatever. I mean, I do too. Yeah, <laughs> except on except around the Super Bowl when I buy the little scoopy shape. Oh, the scoops, are, yeah. Those are the ish. Or if you're in Texas, get the Texas shaped tortilla chips. Especially if you have friends visiting from outside the state, really uh, they makes them go crazy when they see the Texas. Yeah, adorable. Uh, well, I know someone who loves to just munch down on bags and bags of Tostitos, and that is bears. <laughs> I'm so happy both about that segue and this choice, because yes and yes. <laughs> so I I implore you to go look up the actual facts of Fat Bear Week in Alaska. Uh, it's been going on since 2014. It is meant to promote the national park and awareness about bears and get people interested in nature uh it started just as kind of a fun like which of these two bears that's ready to hibernate is fattest that rangers put up after they took pictures of the bears uh and over the years has become more complicated has gone to become a whole week it used to be fat bear tuesday (laughs) when it first launched Oh really? Which, yeah, which oh, I think is delightful. Yeah, no. Yes, it's it has expanded like a bear's waist. It so. has. And yet I was stunned this week when I woke up in the morning, saw it on Hacker News, Reddit, The Economist podcast, and the front oh page God. of the BBC. Uh so I did a little Google search and if you search for news about Fat Bear Week today, Friday, October 7th, uh, you'll get recent stories 
from the New York Times, Fox News, The Guardian, obviously the Anchorage Daily News, Mashable, The Weather Channel, CNN. I don't know who handled press for Fat Bear Week, but the thing isn't just Fat Bear Week. The thing is the massive media uptake of Fat Bear Week. It's actually the thingness of Fat Bear Week is the thing. Yes, exactly. That's amazing. It's, it's a total meta thing. It's actually, I mean, that's pretty incredible because Fat Bear Week, you're so right. Like, Fat Bear Week was a big deal last year. I remember, like, last year or maybe the year before is sort of when I became aware of it. And I was like, oh, this is so cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess I just assumed that it was because it was already in my feed Mm -hmm. that I was seeing it. That it was like an algorithm. I'm realizing, like, no, I'm seeing it everywhere. I, I mean, the, the way, the way it proceeded for me, cause same thing. I'm like, oh yeah, I heard about this. Oh, this is, it's back. Oh, that's, that's cute. Uh, when I saw it, I think I saw it on Hacker News in my RSS feed first. I'm like, oh, Fat Bear Week. Of course, somebody on Hacker News talking about Fat Bear Week. You know, that's great. Uh, then I saw it on the BBC front page. I'm like, oh wow, even the BBC, uh, picking up mm-hmm. Fat Bear Week and, and slapping it right there, uh, up in front of everyone. Then I'm listening to the, the Economist podcast, The Intelligence, their daily podcast which if you don't know only does three stories every day to try to explain to you what's most important in the world and one of their three segments was fat bear week stop it (laughs) and they had an interview with the rangers so it was not like spur of the moment they'd set it up yeah wow that's bonkers all right fine we just you know what we just need it is the thing. I think you're it. I think you're right. I think it, 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 everyone looked at it and was like, oh man, this, this story doesn't tie into anything else <laughs> that we are talking about right now, which is such a relief. It's, it's like, just bears. I'm like pretty sure like somebody's out there buzz killing it, but it's pretty tough. It is nice people in Alaska Mm -hmm. and bears and, and Rangers and not for profit. Other than, than maybe like bringing in some support for the, for the park or preservation or something. But yeah, it's not, it's not a marketing gimmick. Yeah. Amazing. It's just purely delightful. Oh, I'm so happy. That's lovely. I do. I like it when they do the baby bears. That's the cute. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Happy they're doing that. Um, well, I have been noticing this everywhere because like once upon a time I had a really great denim shirt. And I think I might've gotten rid of the denim shirt. I don't really know, but now I'm super irritated because I was like, God, denim shirts are really back. But then what I realized is it's not just that denim shirts are really back. Mm -hmm. It's that denim on denim is a hundred percent back denim shirts with jeans, which went through this like wave in the eighties and nineties, right? Where it was like, this looks really cool. And then it was like, Oh my God, how embarrassing you're actually wearing denim with your denim Canadian tuxedo. (laughs) (laughs) And then it came right back around again. And then for fall it is on and previously on the show. And we were talking about this in the pre-show or the bonus content for those of you who subscribe to the Patreon. um, We were, we were like, wait, did we already do this? And no, but close because what we talked about on the show was denim jackets. Being totally mm-hmm. that's right yep that's right and, okay yeah and they are and they remain back and so your denim on denim trend can include a really cool denim shirt which is what i'm seeing a lot or 
your denim jacket with your jeans and like a really cool white shirt, which is always also a win. I'm so excited by this. I'm so pleased by this. I'm so glad that you brought this to the show because (laughs) it was, I think, 2015 uh, when I was doing a shoot uh, for Microsoft and AOL up in Seattle. And I had a, a denim chambray shirt and jeans on. And the producer said, oh, I'm sorry, Tom, you'll have to change that shirt. That's a Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> she was very nice about it. Uh, I'm not mad at her. But I, I look at this and I'm like, I was just too early. That shoot had been seven years later. And it would have been like, amazing. You're so on trend. Seriously. You would have been like the Kanye of the, well, maybe that's not right. <laughs> Blue denim matters. Maybe not that. <laughs> uh, exactly. We, By the way, I think this is where we just acknowledge that yay is never not going to be a thing. Uh, yeah, right. Yep. We can't we can't stop down for every single right. Turn just take it as given it. at the top of this problem that we're solving. But I'm, I have seen him in a big oversized denim jacket with with big oversized jeans. Yeah, yeah. and it looked really cool. There you go, easy. Yep. God, Canadian tuxedo is incredible. Though I might I might steal that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's a thing. That's a thing of its own. So yeah, for sure. That's take magical. that. Well, take that when I am wearing my cool denim on denim outfit, I'm going to be like, Oh, you're okay. so right though. Denim, de- denim is, is back. And the denim on denim is like double back, double back, double back babies. And I'm here for it. I love it. Have you heard of frogging P H R O G G I N G? So no, I was introduced to this by uh one Len Peralta. Ah! What what happened? Well, God, I clicked the link and then there's a scary <laughs> picture on there. Ah, yes. Uh, Len Peralta introduced me to the Lifetime show Frogging Hider in My House. Uh, and at the same time to the term frogging, which means to hide and live in someone's house without their knowledge. And I'm sorry, you're trying to tell me this is a thing? It is a thing. I don't want this to be a thing. In fact, if you go on YouTube, you can find lots of people documenting this uh, where it's not squatting because people are living in the house, but maybe there's an attic or um, uh, Al on Daily Tech News Show suggested it might come from front room over garage like a like an extra room if nobody's living in it somebody could sneak in and live in the front room over the garage uh and without your knowledge but it's like it's a whole skill and so there's lots of tales out there of people who just are are sneaky and are like you know they just wait till everybody leaves to go to work that day and then they come down and you know do whatever go to the bathroom maybe take a shower real quick um maybe maybe steal some food and then when they hear people coming back they just sneak back up into the attic or wherever they're hiding and then just stay there and can persist for a long time without anyone knowing they're there if they're quiet the lifetime series is more about the people who are like criminals doing more malicious stuff right but this is just like yeah you just live in there apparently uh i looked this up and on an australian website they say one of the most high profile examples of this was when singer george michael found a stalker who had been living under his floorboards for four days in 2012 four days four days this is basically the you know i mean everybody here's seen parasite already right 
Right. Yes. Yes. Best I, known example. Right. I think if if we just say there's an example of that in the movie, I don't think that's too spoilery. Right. Yeah. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. D- yeah, this is like one of those you don't need to know about it, but now we do know about it. And <laughs> there is indeed enough supporting material that maybe hopefully not the act itself. <laughs> I imagine I imagine the incidents of this are, are still fairly rare. Right. The fact that they occur at all is what's stunning. Exactly. And th- that there are enough stories to make a show. Yeah. Of- uh, you know, at least a 12 episode run, right? Or whatever. Oh. Whenever they got their eight. Um, okay. Well, I'm just going to make a hard turn into happier trends. <laughs> yeah, please do. Because <laughs> now I'm terrified. Okay. I usually the internet is a bad influence in, in some ways, but there is an absolutely amazing thing making its way around the TikToks right now called academic weapon. Okay. So there's this big, huge guy. On TikTok named Brad Kraut. Brad he's, Kraut. Okay. I'm exactly. picturing him. Yeah. Brad Kraut. Brad Kraut has like a big old beard and he is mm-hmm. ripped. Mm-hmm. Like he is a big guy, big chest, big arms, big, like big buff guy. And his whole deal is that he has been trying to turn being an academic weapon into a trend, aka being an academic overachiever. He's like, oh. fuck the trend of saying that it's not cool to care about school. Uh huh. He's in college and and he has all these videos with this like really fired up energy and he's made it super popular to, to go and sit in the front row of these like huge college lecture halls and be like super, super plugged in to class and becoming an academic weapon. So he's the opposite of too cool for school. Yes. He's That's the, amazing. He is the aggressively opposite of too cool for school. He's like, no school sick. And you're going to be an academic weapon. And so now there are all these TikTok videos of kids with like many, many screens open and lots of homework in front of them. <laughs> and like, they'll be doing like a bunch of math with rock music in the background. And they'll be like academic fucking weapon. <laughs> wow. It is amazing. Of course, all the students in Korea and Japan are just shaking their head and like, Oh man, we've been doing that for decades. <laughs> exactly. They're like, yeah, our, our, our entire culture is academic. Weapon. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, but making yeah. it cool, making it this is making it American, right? Yeah. Like it needs to be kind of like over the top and like you're taking it on, you'll prove them wrong, be an academic weapon, sit in the front row, front row's the coolest. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Like incredible. And he's apparently been at this for a while. Like somebody wrote him up, somebody wrote up another well, he, Brett Crowd, I think, is the one who really popularized it. The The term has existed. Like, if you look it up, I found, like, an article from, like, Okay, okay, so he didn't coin the phrase. He just empowered it. Right, exactly. And made it, like, it, we're going to be, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. You can find academic weapon from 2016 in Urban Dictionary, and it just is literally, like, you know, somebody, typically a student who is scholarly. Mm-hmm. Like, Tyler's an academic weapon. He managed to take four AP courses while still being an honor roll every semester, but... Previously, that might not have been like written up in uh, what is this site that I looked up? Totalfratmove.com. Total <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the fact that it is now a total frat move yeah. to go be an academic weapon is pretty much all because of this guy and his like one video. And it's 
amazing. I can see this having been kind of a backhanded compliment. Like, man, right. that guy's an academic weapon. Like, he may not, he may be boring as hell, you know, and no fun to hang around with, but he's an academic weapon. Whereas Brad Kraut has turned it into like, no, you want to be an academic yeah. weapon. It is the most interesting man in the room being an academic weapon. Can you smell what the academic weapon is cooking? <laughs> Fire this academic weapon right now. Seriously. Not, I mean, don't terminate. Like, don't, I don't want to lose my, I mean, I, never mind. Right. Like ap- academic ballistic missile. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's pretty, I hope it, I hope it sticks around because it is damn delightful. And on total pratmove.com, <laughs> the author says that he has not been able to go to a single class without encountering somebody talking about it and without encountering specifically people getting like to these big lectures 15 minutes early so they can sit in the front row. Academic weapon. Let's go America. Let's reclaim academic weapon. We Are you, uh, do you think you'll be successful in in converting your child into an academic one? Oh, he's super into it. Yeah, like, good. That's he's great. Been, like, working out and trying to do his homework all the time to be an academic weapon. Academic weapon. I love Brad. Love you, Brad Kraut. Oh, thank you, Brad Kraut. You you are a national treasure. Let's get to our things from you in the audience feedback at it's a thing.me, starting with Lee Price on an internet culture thing uh, and requesting a thing check. Molly, are you available for a thing check? I'm ready. I can do this. Your recent episode discussing Adam Levine's meme generating life decisions and Tom and Rich's relative lack of knowledge of the situation reminds me of a growing feeling I've had as this year progresses. In the past, I felt like there was an internet monoculture. Most of us would be aware of big memes and events bubbling up from internet subcultures. Increasingly, it feels like there's too much internet Enough that no one person can possibly stay on top of internet culture. Probably neither good nor bad. I guess our internet subcultures are perhaps evolving into something bigger that demand more of our attention. Oh, the hilarious recent developments I wish it could share from online LGBT culture that are far too NSFW for this show. So, thing check. Is this phenomenon of internet culture overwhelm and splintering real? And what do we call it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think two things are true at the same time. One, absolutely. And it's sort of this phenomenon that we've been vaguely referring to as the algorithm, mm-hmm. like your algorithm, right? Yep. Like what is ties your right algorithm into that. giving you? It ties right into that, which is definitely a thing that, that each of us lives in our own little bubble of our tailored feeds. Mm-hmm. But also some things rise above. Like Tom and Rich didn't know about Adam Levine last week. Oh, but, but we definitely knew about it, even if but, you had not told us about it exactly, that day. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Like, yeah. Some things still thing it up. Well, otherwise, without without those things, we would not, in fact, have a show. I mean, sometimes Tom will bring something or I'll bring something and we won't have seen it because it'll be in our algorithm for a minute. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting. Like, I don't and I mean, I don't know. We just we ignore the science. We're like Stephen Hawking, how when he talks about the Big Bang Theory and, you know, there's this fundamental question of like what was there before time, then there all the all these physicists are just like, yeah, that's for God to figure out or wait. <laughs> we're just we're just ignoring that. And we're God. So we're no, we're Stephen Hawking. Here. Oh, oh we are right. Identifying right. the things and yes. the, the beginning of time in which the things occur. One of the many ways we are like Stephen Hawking. Exactly. Yeah. But we are leaving aside the fundamental question of how did the mm. things cross mm-hmm. over? Yeah, yeah. 
I, I think um, I think that's absolutely right. Uh, I, 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 I no no no. I, I think you nailed it. Um, but I, I think another another thing that that feeds into that is the fact that everyone is on the internet, and Lee Price, you and I and Molly and Rich, we go back to the internet that was still fifty percent, right? Yeah. And so, first of all, fewer people to have to get a meme to go up to and more possible to have memes that are everyone or, you know, a large majority of people. Whereas now internet subcultures are in some ways just subcultures. Right. Right. Which always existed. Yeah. They've just moved onto the internet with the rest of us. Right. So they're like always would have been cool stuff happening. Yeah. At and in bar based LGBT culture mm-hmm. that sure. I wouldn't maybe have known about. Yeah. You know, as, as an example from Lee prices, but, I, but I think it is becoming, I guess it depends on you and your internet <laughs> and your usage. <laughs> you could probably live in your, in your algorithm forever, but I do think there still are, uh, I, I think there was always both. There were yep. always bulletin yep. boards and there was always, you know, there was always mass culture the homepage, and there's, yeah, exactly. there, and there's always subcultures and it's just the, the rel- the shift in them is different. I, maybe it's this. Maybe it's that internet was a subculture, but it is not a subculture anymore. Oh, maybe. It is either mass yeah. culture, right, when the meme breaks out like Adam Levine, or it's individual subcultures. Yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. Hard to say. But, Lee Price, I think we're all – were we the type of show to produce like a thesis or a – a thought, a think piece mm-hmm. <laughs> or something, we would probably be diving into this idea of the algorithm, your algorithm yep, and the larger culture. You know who, you know, you know, who is this type is, is rich. Just saying. He's which type? He's, he's the type to produce like, Oh, like you mean the type to thing, make the think piece? piece. Yes. Yeah. You're assigning Rich the think piece. I'm not piece. assigning it to him at all. I'm just saying. No, I you're totally to... assigning Rich the think piece, and he's halfway through writing it already, I he, suspect. He already, he yeah. already wrote it. Yeah. Wrote it's it. probably it's actually, done it's by now. Notes. Yeah. yeah we, we don't realize it's, it's the show notes. <laughs> the show notes are actually just one long doctoral thesis. <laughs> just, that's actually, we think we're doing a podcast, but we're doing Rich's doctoral thesis. <laughs> that's what we're doing. <laughs> oh. All right. Patty or Patty, I'm going to say Patty, wrote in with a trio of things. Hello there, MTR. I've been trying to write this email for weeks now, waiting for a nice witty idea to hit. But to be honest, I think these things themselves are all of that and more. Number one, yeah, pickleball. It's a big thing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like the biggest thing. It's just getting bigger. It really is. It's crazy. Apparently, according to Patty, the Los Angeles Magazine ran an article about very rich people complaining about the noise coming from the adjacent sports club in Montecito. (laughs) While tennis clubs are divided on what to do with the increased interest in the sport that mixes ping pong and tennis and pisses off everyone who's not into it. I thought it was an L.A. kind of issue until I got an email from Mark and Graham, an online store that sells preppy accessories with monograms on them, (laughs) offering a whole collection of gifts for the pickleballer in your life. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We've been tracking pickleball for a while in this here show. And it uh, I I I didn't even associate it with L.A. in the beginning. But no, 
I love this idea that someday I thought it started here. People will look back at LA Magazine and think, "Oh, how quaint that the old-fashioned types were worried about pickleball taking over the tennis clubs, and now we live in a world where tennis is sometimes still played at the pickleball club." <laughs> it's an artisanal throwback. How embarrassing! You played tennis. It'll be like you know what you know what pickleball is. It's this. It's this generation's snowboarding. Mm, like remember when snowboarding came along and it was yeah. like, no one's going to do that. That's just for like these little Olympic so pickleball. And we hate the snowboarders on the yep. slopes. Ah, uh, so, so gauche. Mm-hmm. And yep. then it just took right over. Um, two, Patty writes, pompous grass as decoration. Mm. Oh, I wish I had thought of this because I freaking bought some. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes, I have. Faux pompous grass decoration in a Tiffany vase in my house downstairs. Oh, no. Like, oh, no. I have it. pompous grass growing in my front yard. Two huge I just bushes. didn't know that it had a name and that it was a thing, but apparently it is. Uh, these feathery looking branches are everywhere right now, can confirm. And although you can find them more or less for cheap online, they are kind of expensive in nursery, nurseries, mm-hmm. floral shops, and furniture stores, at least in the LA area. It's kind of the epitome of the Japandi cabin, minimalistic, chic, clean girl aesthetic. With, I will add, uh, if I may editorialize, a dash of um, coastal grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 100%. And you can pick them up for free off my lawn sometimes because they just break off. <laughs> Uh, in Un- fact, I, I'm going to be oh, trimming the pompous grass because they so get good. they get real big. They get out of hand. So maybe I should be like <gasps> re- harvesting them and being like, oh. maybe hey, let's sell these off. Little roadside pompous grass. Dude, yeah. If you went out, yeah, you could sell them or you could just get on your buy nothing and be incredible. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I probably should just put them in a box and go on buy nothing and be like, here you go. Pompous grass. Enjoy. Seriously. Um, and then finally, number three, sponsored weddings. Since so many celebrities started getting married with promotional gifts from brands, from Priyanka Chopra and one of the Jonas Brothers to Kourtney Kardashian and the Barker guy. <laughs> I love her style. Many influencers have been tagging brands and asking for sponsorships for their wedding. <laughs> Even Town and Country Magazine ran an article about it saying it's a big business for both the brands and fashion influencers. Glamour Mag also wonders how this became a thing for the rich and famous and how the regular world, the regular people of the world are making it a thing for them too. Incredible. I did not know that one. That I feel like comes out of influence culture where we are getting used to the idea of sponsorships in a way that is anathema to our generation and older. Uh, whereas younger generations are like, yeah, just as long as they're transparent about it, it's fine. Right. Uh, and, and yeah, where as the idea of sponsoring a wedding, ah, how awful that must be for pickleball players, uh, is now just <laughs> becoming a like, heck yeah, if I can get my wedding paid for, I'm sure. Why not? It actually, you're right. Like influencer culture. Hmm, God, we're producing a lot of academic thesis. I know. I know. But influencer culture really has produced a whole culture of gimme stuff. Right. Free. And, and the sponsorship aspect is not – when I was growing up, the, the whole thing with sponsors was you're a sellout because you don't care about the message anymore. You're just getting paid, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so the examples were always like uh, a singer who changes his lyrics to be about Kraft Cheese because he sold out to Kraft Cheese. And it was ridiculous because the song was you know originally a protest song about the Vietnam War, but now it's about Kraft Cheese. And that is ridiculous. But what the current culture is, is like, well, no, I choose sponsors carefully. I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose a sponsor that conflicts with my personal brand, right? It's, just, it's like, that's or- obvious. 
this. Like, or why? I am just gauche, and that is my personal brand. If your personal brand, but see, it fits the personal brand, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so it, it you pick people curate their sponsors. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Scott Hamilton on a hair resurgence can confirm that mullets are back. Uh, Scott writes, I saw two 20-something guys both within three minutes with honest-to-goodness 1980s-era mullets, the kind with the shaved sides. One of them had short shorts and a front fanny pack, and the other had an 80s-thin mustache. Have mercy on me, Scott. Are you sure they weren't going to an 80s theme party or something? Although shaving the sides, that's committing to the bit. That's, if that's committing the case. to the bit. Yeah. Wow, it is really happening. Damn. Also, by the way, I'd like to uh I'd like to offer up Rich's title for his uh think piece. The societal impacts of influencer culture from monetization to expectations. Oh, please can can Molly and I be authors on please, this? Please can, can you please? Yeah. At least citations. Did did I tell you I'm going to be a co-author on an academic paper, possibly? No. Yeah. I was on a, a COVID uh, panel about the effects of contact tracing. And if it gets turned into a paper, I, I will have an academic citation. Oh, my biscuits. That's amazing. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. That's like right up your alley. Of course you I are. Know. It's amazing. I'll have it framed. I'll oh, buy God, the let journal. It let it be. I love it. Well, this show would not be <laughs> without hmm? all of you supporting us uh, at patreon.com slash it's a thing, especially those incredible, brave, intrepid souls who support us at the shout out level. And therefore, week after week are either treated or subjected to custom crafted mm. shout outs. Handmade. Handmade. Brain forged. <laughs> with no small amount of digging and extreme creativity. For example, this week's shout-outs are based on the intro in the manual for Zork 2. Three. Three. I can't read Roman numerals. Zork <laughs> 3. Uh, that, but that was that was one of the most impressive parts. It, not Zork. Not Zork 2. Nope. Zork nope. 3. Zork 3, the dungeon master. By the oh, way, the main God. character is the same adventurer from Zork and Zork 2. Obviously. It's a game made by Infocom, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a nameless adventurer traveling around, cast into a, a deep dungeon in Zork 3. And like in a dream, you hear a mysterious voice telling you that you have passed all the tests but one. To support us at the shout out level. Hey, oh, hey, hey, side side quest. Uh, do, do you know, <laughs> do you know about character AI character dot AI? No. So it's one of those text. Uh, it's one of those smart text generators uh, that all you do is describe the character in a like mini bio, and then it will let you converse with it. So it will cr- it'll create a character, and somebody created a text adventure game character on there, and it's brilliant. It's wow. the best text adventure ever because it works, and you right. can throw stuff at it like. You know, I I was playing and I and and it was like you're you're now surrounded by by ninjas with swords and I was like, talk to them about nonviolence and it responded with, you make an impassioned plea for peace and the ninjas hear your words and lay down their swords. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. That is insane. <laughs> AI cre- creation will be the story of the rest of the decade. It is bananas. Yeah, it really is. 
Uh, but we are fairly certain that none of our patrons are algorithms. And so we are happy to serve our human masters in this case with the following <laughs> shout outs. I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off. Here we go. All right. Welcome to Kevin Sill. You are about to experience a classic interactive fantasy set in a magical universe. The Morris Jones trilogy takes place in the ruins of an ancient Benjamin forest lying far underground. Lee Price, a dauntless treasure hunter, is venturing into this dangerous land in search of Eric Duncan and Mike Akins. Because each part of the Gabriel Cohen saga is a complete independent story, Jake Woods can explore them in any order. As Lara Abel begins, Andrew Bradley's greatest challenge beckons as Joe Hood takes the final step down into the very heart of the great underground James C. Smith. Your character and courage will be tested as the enigmatic Miranda Janelle confronts you with predicaments and perils. Your quest hinges upon discovering Louis St. Amour's secret purpose, even as he oversees your ultimate triumph or destruction. <laughs> <laughs> i know i say this every time this is one yeah. of the best ones yet <laughs> i know it really is it's beautiful <laughs> it's so fun and exciting it makes and you play video games it could be you next it could be you i don't know that we've had a new patreon patron to the shout out tier for a while so patreon. i challenge one of you out there patreon.com slash it's a thing get in here Get to the good stuff. Yes. The Tostitos of podcasting. Oh, our email address is feedback at it's the thing dot me. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye. Give it to me. Give it to me. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.